the north sea second cyclus by heinrich heine translated by emma lazarus read for LibriVox.org by nemo and eva davis motto xenophon's anabasis book four chapter five one salutation to the sea Thalada, Thalada, all hail to thee, thou eternal sea. All hail to thee ten thousand times for my jubilant heart. As once thou wast hailed by ten thousand Grecian hearts. Misfortune combating, homeward yearning, world-renowned Grecian hearts. The waters heaved, they heaved and roared. The sun poured streaming downward its flickering rosy lights. The startled flocks of sea mews fluttered away with shrill screams. The coursers stamped, the shields rattled, and far out resounded like a triumphal peon. Thalada, Thalada, all hail to thee, thou eternal sea. Like the language of home, thy water whispers to me. Like the dreams of my childhood, I see it glimmer over thy billowy realm of waves. And it repeats to me anew olden memories of all the beloved glorious sports, of all the twinkling Christmas gifts, of all the ruddy coral trees, tiny golden fishes, pearls, and bright-hued mussels which thou dost secretly preserve below there in thy limpid house of crystal oh how i have pined in barren exile like a withered flower in the tin box of a botanist my heart lay in my breast i feel as if all winter i had sat a sick man in a dark sick room which now I suddenly leave, and dazzlingly shines down upon me the emerald spring, the sunshine awakened spring, and the white blossom trees are rustling, and the young flowers look at me with their many-colored fragrant eyes, and there is an aroma and a murmuring and a breathing and a laughter, and in the blue sky the little birds are singing Thalada, Thalada. Thou valiant retreating heart, how oft, how bitter oft, did the fair barbarians of the north press thee hard. From their large victorious eyes they darted burning shafts. With crooked, polished words they threatened to cleave my breast. With sharp-pointed missives they shattered my poor, stunned brain. In vain I held up against them my shield. The arrows whizzed, the strokes cracked, and from the fair barbarians of the north I was pressed even unto the sea. And now with deep, free breath I hail the sea, the dear, redeeming sea. The Lada, the Lada.
2. Tempest Gloomy lowers the tempest over the sea, and through the black wall of cloud is unsheathed the jagged lightning. Swift outflashing and swift vanishing, like a jest from the brain of Kronos, over the barren billowy water far away rolls the thunder, and up leap the white water-steeds, which Boreas himself begot out of the graceful mare of Erechthon. And the sea-birds flutter around, like the shadowy dead on the sticks, whom Charon repels from his nocturnal boat, poor, merry little vessel, dancing yonder the most wretched of dances. Elois sends it his liveliest comrades, who wildly play to the jolliest measures. One pipes his horn, another blows, a third scrapes his growling bass viol, and the uncertain sailor stands at the rudder and constantly gazes at the compass, the trembling soul of the ship, and he raises his hands in supplication to heaven. Oh, save me, Castor, gigantic hero, and thou conquering wrestler, Pollux. 3. Wrecked Hope and love, everything shattered, and I myself like a corpse that the growling sea has cast up. I lie on the strand, on the barren cold strand. Before me surges the waste of waters, behind me lies naught but grief and misery, and above me march the clouds, the formless gray daughters of the air, who from the sea in buckets of mist draw the water, and laboriously drag and drag it, and spill it again in the sea. A melancholy, tedious task, and useless as my own life. The waves murmur, the sea mews scream, old recollections possess me, forgotten dreams, banished visions, tormentingly sweet, uprise. There lives a woman in the north, a beautiful woman, royally beautiful. Her slender, cypress-like form is swathed in a light white raiment. Her locks in their dusky fullness, like a blessed night, streaming from her braid-crowned head, curls softly as a dream around the sweet, pale face. And from the sweet, pale face, large and powerful beams an eye, like a black sun. O oh, thou black sun, how oft, how rapturously oft I drank from thee the wild flames of inspiration, and stood and reeled intoxicated with fire. Then there hovered a smile as mild as a dove about the arched, haughty lips, and the arched, haughty lips breathed forth words as sweet as moonlight and delicate as the fragrance of the rose. And my soul soared aloft and flew like an eagle up into the heavens. 
Silence, ye waves and sea mews. All is over, joy and hope, hope and love. I lie on the ground, an empty shipwrecked man, and press my glowing face into the moist sand. 4. Sunset The beautiful sun has quietly descended into the sea. The surging water is already tinted by dusky night, but still the red of evening sprinkles it with golden lights, and the rushing might of the tide presses toward the shore the white waves that merrily and nimbly leap like woolly flocks of sheep, which at evening the singing shepherd boy drives homeward. How beautiful is the sun! Thus spake, after a long silence, the friend who wandered with me on the beach. And, half in jest, half in sober sadness, he assured me that the sun was a beautiful woman who had for policy espoused the old god of the sea. All day she wanders joyously in the lofty heavens decked with purple, and sparkling with diamonds, universally beloved, universally admired by all creatures of the globe, and cheering all creatures of the globe with the radiance and warmth of her glance. But at evening, wretchedly constrained, she returns once more to the wet home, to the empty arms of her hoary spouse. Believe me, added my friend, and laughed and sighed and laughed again. They live down there in the daintiest wedlock. Either they sleep or else they quarrel. Until high upheaves the sea above them, and the sailor amidst the roaring of the waves can hear how the old fellow berates his wife, round strumpet of the universe, sunbeam coquette, the whole day you shine for others, and at night for me you are frosty and tired. After such curtain lectures, quite naturally burst into tears the proud sun and bemoans her misery and bemoans so lamentably long that the sea-god suddenly springs desperately out of his bed and quickly swims up to the surface of the ocean to collect his wits and to breathe. Thus did I myself see him yesternight, uprise from the bosom of the sea. He had a jacket of yellow flannel and a lily-white nightcap and a withered countenance. Five, the song of the Oceanides. Tis nightfall, and paler grows the sea. And alone with his lonely soul, there sits a man on the cold strand, and turns his death-cold glances towards the vast, death-cold vault of heaven. And towards the vast billowy sea, on airy sails float forth his sighs and melancholy they return and find the heart close locked wherein they fain would anchor and he groans so loud that the white sea mews startled out of their sandy nest flutter circling around him 
and he laughingly speaks to them thus ye black-legged birds with white wings oversea flutterers with crooked beaks salt-water bibbers ye oily seal-flesh devourers your life is as bitter as your food i however the fortunate taste naught but sweets i taste the fragrance of the rose the moonshine nourished bride of the nightingale i taste still sweeter sugar plums stuffed with whipped cream and the sweetest of all things i taste the sweets of loving and of being loved she loves me she loves me the dear girl now stands she at home on the balcony of her house and gazes forth in the twilight upon the street and listens and yearns for me really vainly does she glance around and sigh and sighing she descends to the garden and wanders midst the fragrance and the moonlight and talks to the flowers and tells them how i her beloved am so lovely and so lovable really later in her bed in her sleep in her dreams blissfully she hovers about my precious image so that in the morning at breakfast upon the glistening buttered bread she sees my smiling face and she devours it for sheer love really thus boasted and boasted he and meanwhile screamed the seamews as with cold ironical tittering the twilight mist ascended uncannily forth from lilac clouds peered the greenish yellow moon loud roared the billows and deep from the loud roaring sea as plaintive as a whispering monsoon sounded the song of the oceanides of the beautiful compassionate mermaids distinct midst them all the lovely voice of the silver-footed spouse of peleus and they sigh and sing oh fool thou fool thou boasting fool tormented with misery destroyed are all thy hopes the playful children of the heart and ah thy heart niobe like is petrified with grief in thy brain falls the night and therein are unsheathed the lightnings of frenzy and thou makest a boast of thy trouble o fool thou fool thou boasting fool stiff-necked art thou as thy forefather the lofty titan who stole celestial fire from the gods and bestowed it upon man and tortured by eagles chained to the rock olympus high he flung defiance flung defiance and groaned till we heard it in the depths of the sea and came to him with the song of consolation o oh, fool thou fool thou boasting fool thou however art more impotent still 
twere more seemly that thou shouldst honour the gods and patiently bear the burden of misery and patiently bear it long so long till atlas himself would lose patience and cast from his shoulders the ponderous world into eternal night so rang the song of the oceanides of the beautiful compassionate mermaids until louder waves overpowered it behind the clouds retired the moon the night yawned and i sat long thereafter in the darkness and wept six the gods of greece full blooming moon in thy radiance like flowing gold shines the sea with daylight clearness yet twilight enchantment thy beams lie over the wide level beach and in the pure blue starless heavens float the white clouds like colossal images of gods of gleaming marble no more again those are no clouds they are themselves the gods of hellas who erst so joyously governed the world but now supplanted and dead yonder like monstrous ghosts must fare through the midnight skies amazed and strangely dazzled i contemplate the ethereal pantheon, the solemnly mute, awfully agitated, gigantic forms. There is Kronos yonder, the king of heaven. Snow white are the curls of his head, the world-renowned Olympus shaking curls. He holds in his hand the quenched lightning, in his face dwell misfortune and grief but even yet the olden pride those were better days o zeus when thou didst celestially divert thyself with youths and nymphs in hecatombs. but the gods themselves reign not forever the young supplant the old as thou thyself thy hoary father and thy titan uncle didst supplant jupiter parasita thee also i recognize haughty juno despite all thy jealous care another has wrested thy sceptre from thee and thou art no longer queen of heaven and thy great eyes are blank and thy lily arms are powerless and never more may thy vengeance smite the divinely quickened virgin and the miracle-performing son of god thee also i recognize pallas athena with thy shield and thy wisdom couldst thou not avert the ruin of the gods also thee i recognize thee also aphrodite once the golden now the silvern tis true that the love charm zone still adorns thee but i shudder with horror at thy beauty and if thy gracious body were to favour me 
like other heroes, I should die of terror. Thou seemest to me a goddess corpse, Venus Libertina. No longer glances toward thee with love, yonder, the dread Ares. How melancholy looks Phoebus Apollo. The youth, his lyre is silent, which once so joyously resounded at the feast of the gods. Still sadder looks Hephaestus, and indeed never more shall the limper stumble into the service of Hebe, and nimbly pour forth to the assemblage the luscious nectar. And long ago was extinguished the unextinguishable laughter of the gods. I have never loved you, ye gods. For to me are the Greeks antipathetic, and even the Romans are hateful. But holy compassion and sacred pity penetrate my heart. When I now gaze upon you yonder, deserted gods, dead night-wandering shadows, weak as mist which the wind scares away, and when I recall how dastardly and visionary are the gods who have supplanted you, the new, reigning, dolorous gods, mischief-plotters in the sheep's clothing of humility. Oh, then a more sullen rancor possesses me, and I fain would shatter the new temples and battle for you, ye ancient gods, for you and your good ambrosial cause and before your high altars, rebuilt with their extinguished fires, fain would I kneel and pray, and supplicating uplift mine arms. Always, ye ancient gods, even in the battles of mortals, always did ye espouse the cause of the victor. But man is more magnanimous than ye, and in the battles of the gods he now takes the part of the gods who have been vanquished. Thus spake I, and lo, visibly blushed, yonder the wan cloud figures, and they gazed upon me like the dying, transfigured by sorrow, and suddenly disappeared. The moon was concealed behind dark advancing clouds, loud roared the sea, and triumphantly came forth in the heavens the eternal stars. 7. The Phoenix A bird comes flying out of the west. He flies to the eastward, towards the eastern garden home, where spices shed fragrance and flourish, and palms rustle and fountains scatter coolness. And in his flight, the magic bird sings. She loves him, she loves him. She carries his portrait in her little heart, and she carries it sweetly and secretly hidden, and knoweth it not herself. But in dreams he stands before her. She implores and weeps and kisses his hands and calls his name. And calling she awakes, and she lies in a fright, and amazed she rubs her beautiful eyes. 
Leaning on the mast on the upper deck, I stood and heard the bird's song. Like blackish-green steeds with silver manes leapt the white, crisp, curling waves. Like flocks of swans glided past, with gleaming sails, the Helgolants, the bold nomads of the North Sea. Above me, in the eternal blue, fluttered white clouds and sparkled the eternal sun the rose of heaven the fire blossoming which joyously was mirrored in the sea and the heavens and seas and mine own heart resounded in echo she loves him she loves him eight Question. By the sea, by the desolate nocturnal sea, stands a youthful man, his breast full of sadness, his head full of doubt, and with bitter lips he questions the waves. Oh, solve me the riddle of life, the cruel world-old riddle, concerning which Already many a head hath been racked. Heads in hieroglyphic hats, heads in turbans and in black caps, periwigged heads and a thousand other poor, sweating human heads. Tell me, what signifies man? Whence does he come? Whither does he go? Who dwells yonder, above the golden stars? The waves murmur their eternal murmur. The winds blow, the clouds flow past. Cold and indifferent twinkle the stars. And a fool awaits an answer. 9. Seasickness the gray afternoon clouds drop lower over the sea, which darkly riseth to meet them, and between them both fares the ship. Seasick, I sit still by the mast, and all by myself indulge in meditation, those world-old, ashen-gray meditations, which erst our father Lot entertained when he had enjoyed too much of a good thing, and afterwards suffered such inconvenience. Meanwhile, I think also of old stories. How pilgrims with a cross on their breast in days of yore, on their stormy voyages, devoutly kissed the consoling image of the Blessed Virgin. How sick nights in such ocean trials pressed to their lips with equal comfort the dear glove of their lady. But I sit and chew in vexation, an old herring, my salty comforter. Midst caterwauling and dogged tribulation. Meanwhile, the ship rustles with a wild, billowy tide. 
like a rearing war-horse she stands erect upon her stern till the helm cracks now crashes she head foremost downward once more into the howling abyss of waters then again as if recklessly loved languid she tries to recline on the black bosom of the gigantic waves which powerfully seethe upward and immediately a chaotic ocean cataract plunges down in crisp curling whiteness and covers me with foam the shaking and swinging and tossing is unendurable vainly mine eye peers forth and seeks the german coast but alas only water and everywhere water turbulent water even as the traveller in winter thirst for a warm cordial cup of tea so does my heart now thirst for thee my german fatherland may thy sweet soil ever be covered with lunacy hussars and bad verses and thin lukewarm treatises may thy zebras ever be fattened on roses instead of thistles ever may thy noble apes haughtily strut in negligent attire and esteem themselves better than all other priggish heavy-footed horned cattle may thine assemblies of snails ever deem themselves immortal because they crawl forward so slowly and may they daily convoke in full force to discuss whether the cheese mold belongs to the cheese and still longer may they convene to decide how best to honor the egyptian sheep so that its wool may improve and it may be shorn like others with no difference forever may folly and wrong cover thee all over o germany nevertheless i yearn towards thee for at least thou art dry land ten in port happy the man who has reached port and left behind the sea in the tempest and who now sits quietly and warm in the goodly town cellar of bremen how pleasantly and cordially the world is mirrored in the wine glass and how the waving microcosm pours sunnily down into the thirsty heart i see everything in the glass ancient and modern tribes turks and greeks hegel and gaunts citron groves and guard parades berlin and schilda and tunis and hamburg above all the image of my beloved the little angel head against the golden background of rhine wine oh how beautiful how beautiful thou art beloved thou art like a rose not like the rose of shiraz the hafiz besung bride of the nightingale not like the rose of sharon the sacred purple extolled by the prophet thou art like the rose in the wine cellar bremen 
that is the rose of roses the older it grows the fairer it blooms and its celestial perfume has inspired me and did not mine host of the town cellar of bremen hold me fast fast by my hair i should tumble head over heels the worthy man we sat together and drank like brothers we spake of lofty mysterious things we sighed and sank in each other's arms and he led me back to the religion of love i drank to the health of my bitterest enemy and i forgave all bad poets as i shall some day hope to be forgiven myself i wept with fervor of piety and at last the portals of salvation were opened to me where the twelve apostles the holy wine butts preach in silence and yet so intelligibly unto all people those are men without unseemly in their wooden garb within they are more beautiful and brilliant than all the haughty levites of the temple and the guards and courtiers of herod decked with gold and arrayed in purple but i have always averred that not amidst quite common folk no in the very best society perpetually abides the king of heaven hallelujah how lovely around me wave the palms of bethel how fragrant are the myrrh trees of hebron how the jordan rustles and reels with joy and my immortal soul also reels and i reel with her and reeling the worthy host of the town cellar of bremen leads me upstairs into the light of day thou worthy host of the town cellar of bremen seest thou on the roofs of the houses sit the angels and they are drunk and they sing the glowing sun up yonder is naught but a red drunken nose the nose of the spirit of the universe and around the red nose of the spirit of the universe reels the whole tipsy world eleven epilogue like the stalks of wheat in the fields so flourish and wave in the mind of man his thoughts but the delicate fancies of love are like gay little intermingled blossoms of red and blue flowers red and blue flowers the surly reaper rejects you as useless the wooden flail scornfully thrashes you even the luckless traveler whom your aspect delights and refreshes shakes his head and calls you beautiful weeds but the rustic maiden the wearer of garlands honors you and plucks you and adorns you with her fair locks and thus decorated she hastens to the dancing green where the flutes and fiddles sweetly resound or to the quiet bushes where the voice of her beloved soundeth sweeter still than fiddles or flutes and a poem this recording is in the public domain
End of Poems and Ballads by Heinrich Heine. Translated by Emma Lazarus.